Live Nation presents Concert Week. From now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 summer shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Celeste Barber, great, Janet Jackson, Nasty Boys, great song. You like to go to Kids Bop Kids, that's their Sammy Hagar I'd go to. I went to see the Doobie Brothers. I'd probably go again. Good old Whitney Cummings. Yeah. Train and Ario Speedwagon. There's so many more for way less. Grab your tickets now through May 14th to see all of the artists you love all summer long for just $25 each. Wow. That is a good, that's a good deal. You got to yep. visit livenation.com slash concertweek to buy now. What is it? Livenation.com slash concertweek to buy now. Brendan Fraser. Brendan, Brendan Fraser. Uh, he is a. The, I, I met him first during Dickie Roberts, uh, the movie, and mm -hmm. we asked him to come in and do a day or two uh, and play himself, and he did. That was and, nice. And he was super cool, and he's yeah. a huge star. Huge. Uh, he's always been uh, a rep of being a cool dude. He's. Uh, that was the height of his fame. He came over and did his favor. Um, mm -hmm. uh, we got to chat with him, and there is so much going on with. Brendan, plus, just give some of the movies. I mean, I mean, you, you really. When I, I, when he was twenty three, I believe he starred in Encino Man. That was probably playing the one a frozen that caveman. Basically. Broke, broke through, and so uh, then he was just huge hit. The nineties, he was doing George of the Jungle, mm -hmm. the Mummy trilogies. He's had this incredible career, and then for different things, we'll talk about. He sort of went away for a little while, and then he came back. I saw him uh, on the Showtime show, The Affair. And he was great in that, oh. and I hadn't seen him in a while. I go, damn, he's a great actor. And then recently, as everybody knows, he's uh, done a movie called The Whale, in which he plays a 600-pound man. So th there's sort of all things Brendan these days, and people are just really happy to see him back. Such a likable Yeah, it's, like a, it's, it's nice to see everyone pulling for someone. And, uh, yeah. And uh, he doesn't really need pulling for. I don't think that's what he's asking for. But it's just nice to see someone that's a good dude. Mm -hmm. Every career is up and down. Um, and to still be killing it and to know he's always probably knows he's good. It's just, it's the opportunities. That's for everybody. Mm -hmm. You just don't always get opportunities. Oh yeah, totally. So he's, he's, he's back and you know, it was, a, I think it was Lauren or Bernie that always said, um, the talent doesn't go away. So yeah. your career can go like this, but the talent doesn't go away. We're going to ask him about, uh, standing ovations. They go to Cannes Film Festival. You got a 12 minute standing ovation. I go, do people feel dumb after a while? Do I you mean, ever use the bathroom in the middle of standing ovation? <laughs> okay, I'll I mean, be back I would be, I'd be texting with one hand. Like, I mean, how long can you go like this? When, and you go like a bunch of seals. But we'll get into that because there's a six-minute one he had at Palm Springs and he had an eight-minute one. I'm like, so geez. first they stand and it's like 20 seconds. And then it's like that festival hears about it. And yeah. then two years later, it's like longer than the movie. Yeah. <sighs> We're but the really... French love to do that. You know the French. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> we'll we'll get we'll do a deep dive into that. Uh, we won't tell you about the whale. We'll we'll talk to uh, him about it, so yeah. you can wait for that. And uh, but what a movie! And um, here he is, Brendan Fraser. <laughs> no one hates us, but we do all the time. So this is you know obviously new show business that we don't really even talk we never had a plan we just put the mic on and start talking to yeah. people connected to snl in some way yeah and you know so it's 
It's weird that this is a job. blip on his whole resume. Oh, Sometimes yeah. it's the main thing. Look at our notes. <laughs> no, Do you have any, any questions, first of all? He won't show me his notes. No, I won't, because mine are better than Dana's. But I'll, I'll, oh, I'll, no. I, oh. Do you have any questions of us? Because <laughs> well, we're I was just asking Greg who your sponsors are, because I'm just interested in how podcasts a lot of work. The, you know, this ho- is new for me. A lot of HelloFresh... You know, a lot of companies that basically say, we'll do the work for you digitally. Like, you know, Zip Recruiter would be one of them. You know, like, we'll help you hire people. Right. Zodoc, we'll help you find a doctor. Oh, yeah, it's true. Lot, we keep this. Zocdoc. Zocdoc, Jack. <laughs> Sorry. But they're going to love this part of the podcast. Yeah, DraftKings. This is, <laughs> yeah. this is free advertising. I'm already Draft kissing ass. What's our favorite? We don't have a favorite. Masterclass. No, it's good that they like do it because. Which you should teach. Oh, you should teach a masterclass. In what? Uh, brilliant acting. acting. Duh. <laughs> We both saw the whale. We I'm still recovering. We both saw the whale. We both saw it. I didn't see it all. I got to the part where you got out to the ocean, and then I I didn't see it. It clicked out? Oh, shit. No, I'm kidding. I saw it. Okay. I saw it, and it kept cutting off because they give you 18 minutes to watch it, and so it gives you little bits. <laughs> oh, really? Um, no, mine was, per- mine was perfect. You know how screeners work? Yeah. There's someone I, on the other I pressed the button. I had on a beautiful laptop, stereo speakers, and I went downtown. And it was amazing. Well, listen, I, I if don't, we're going to talk about the whale, I'm going to We're going to save it for the for, for people listening right now want to hear about Brenda's thoughts about the whale. It's coming up soon. <laughs> okay, we can say that. Because I want to talk about it That's a lot. That's a teaser. I'm learning. I'm um, still shaken by it. Um, okay, we'll do a little SNL. Let's just ask him a couple quick questions. Because we have to fake like that's what this whole thing is about. Well, no, no. I, I want to talk about SNL as a part of his whole thing. Because I was yeah. fascinated as I t- did a deep dive. Is how you... I hadn't seen anybody do the broad comedies and then can do the offbeat leading man funny guy. Mm-hmm. Like the mummy stuff. Mm-hmm. And back and forth. You're doing George of the Jungle and then you're doing Gods and Monsters. Mm-hmm. It's like you, there's a pattern here. I've had to have a theme. I have a theme for every podcast. Yours is like the seeds of you being this renowned, br- brilliant actor. It's almost like you're just starting now, I would say. Because you set the seed for it by constantly dipping your toes into it between these franchises uh-huh. mm-hmm. that is so iconic. Anyway, that's all I have to say. I'll be quiet. <laughs> okay, good night. Thanks, folks. I think I think his, his pattern is there's no pattern. How about that? Interesting. Because... Like, let's say someone like me who gets into comedy, you're lucky enough to just get um, comedies. And so if you were, let's say, Encino Man was maybe one of the first things that sort of uh, blew up for you. That was. Um, which okay. is a comedy you think that's all you would get offered or, and people tell me, oh, you should do more, more movies like Uncut Gems. I'm like, well, everyone should. I mean, that's just not how it works. But yeah, do the Academy Award winning level movies. <laughs> Those are the good ones. Again? Yeah. But then you went to School Ties from Encino Man. Yes. With Matt Damon. Um, correct. Correction. It was the other way around. School Ties was shot first. And then you went to Encino following. Man. Who were your the release agents? dates were <laughs> flip-flopped. Wait, so you, <laughs> so you work did a, more longer. this brilliant drama, and then you went with this broad comedy, or whatever you want to call it, a full-blown yes. comedy. A, a straight ahead teen comedy genre that yeah. I don't know if it's really being done that way anymore. Y'all kids go to high school, have a big discovery, know, throw a party. Not. That's My movie. sons who are basically 30, I'll just <laughs> round them off, that you're so much a big part of their childhood and they miss just big funny comedies yeah. that just exist to be funny. Uh, um, maybe people are scared to step in it because you got to dodge so many 
types of jokes, you know? That's really your domain and expertise. Yeah, and that's the hard part. They, they start pulling stuff and cutting mm. stuff, and uh, you just lose something. Maybe maybe those days are over forever, but it's just like anything. You just like Madonna. You got to figure out a, a different way to make a comedy that's still big and funny. I think they can make come back. Work. I think there's an appetite for Yeah, it. I think there's a huge because appetite. Because it just releases all the cultural stuff that's going on, and you just laugh. You know, in, so in I, I had that, a question. Yeah. Wait, you did we school want, We're not going to let you talk. No, so I'm just asking. So you know. <laughs> he warned me. I'd have to fight for my time. <laughs> I warned him ahead of time. <laughs> He's gonna. But we're fight. slowing down because we're shot out of a cannon because we just saw the movie. So well, I was gonna. Yeah, I was. I was. Na- I was deeply napping in a full, full-on dream, and he said. He's here. No, I'm kidding. No, but I, I live close Dana. by. <laughs> no, I said, get over here, prick. Here. I said, who? He said, Brendan. <laughs> so the school ties is, a, is sort of a heavy drama, right? So you get that. Yeah. Now, is it because of some sort of feedback or buzz from that, that you, when you go for Encino Man, uh, that helps that because you've got one in the can that people like? Sometimes that's how it works. You know? Chronologically, I went into Made for Encino Man before I got hired to do School Ties. Wow. And I I was reticent to do Encino Man because sure. it was too kooky and I wanted to, you know, step out as a very serious actor straight out of college with my, my mm-hmm. BFA in my back pocket and a lot of aspiration. And... um. I understood that the character is basically the new guy in town, which was something that they hadn't seen anyone bring in to the readings or the auditions before that they really wanted because mm-hmm. he's, you know, he's, he's a fish out of water. He's trying to fit in all that. Um, but it was so broad and I didn't really know anything about film or comedy. And then school ties came down the pike and I read for that did nothing with it because it didn't go anywhere. They were casting at Driftnet to find their David, as I learned. Um, and then some a number of, of months later, they came back to it with a new um, casting director who had me go in and read for Sherry, and they did a screen test. And I thought when they said, do you want to test? I was thinking exams and something. That's how green I was. Um, got the job, and that was great. I, I read with Matt Damon and um, met a lot of the other guys who were already hired was off to Boston and Massachusetts to shoot school ties and um, was getting messages from um, uh, um, Encino Man with George Zaloom and Les Mayfield were quite driven to get me to come on board. And then partway through almost finishing school ties, I was having a conversation with a really great guy who was called Keith Wester. He's not with us anymore. He was a soundboard mixer Mm -hmm. and he had a great voice and he was always mixing sound, but he, he was reading, he was on his own radio show in a way as he was reading. He was really a charming guy and he was mentoring a lot of us. And I was talking about, you know, what are you doing? And, and, uh, I was conflicted and very serious and got this comedy thing they want me to do and they've offered it to me. And he said, "Well, well, hang on, you know, there's, this, it's a drama, and you've got a comedy. It's not a bad thing to have, you know, as he said, he, he joked about it, a uh, bird in the hand is worth two in the nest. Is that the Bush, I think, idiom? Bush, Bush was thank near you. ahead. And, I, and I just realized drove a, uh, my voice is so loud compared to Brent. I'm screaming. I'll sit up. <laughs> He's very quiet. Well, can I say something? I saw a, an electromagnetic uh, 
visual thing around your mic. Maybe it's your charisma. But no, no, it, I'm sorry. Phone? There's a flash feature on my phone. Oh, which just went, yeah, it went swoosh. So well, I, Greg, I, I, puts our, Greg Holtzman. Quite annoying. Heather. I'll turn that off. I don't want to be that guy. So. Why do you want fine. anyone to get electrocuted during our podcast? <laughs> it's my own so. lighting feature. When I say something interesting. <laughs> He's I mean, got a light that lights like, it. This guy is charisma. It's like there's a lightning. But by the way, you had to, when you read the script, for school ties, it was the first time you had to not have clothes on and act. So you had, <laughs> you, I saw you had to have a fist fight with Matt Damon in a shower. Yeah. When you read that in a script, are you like, okay, or I can't wait for that day? Well, you don't look forward to it, yeah. but I understood <laughs> yeah. what the scene was about was exposing one another's prejudice and all its oh, yeah. it was naked aggression. Yeah. And so it kind of drives the point home. Yeah. You know, and 17-year-old boys fight, so... To get you know, the lock it. Let's figure this out with our fists. It's interesting. It, I don't want to interject, but I like to interrupt David. Yeah. Um, th these these people throughout your life, anybody could be a parent, brother, friend, who'll say these casual things that kind of tilt you in one direction yeah. or another. It's, we could all have stories about that. So yeah. this one guy said this thing to you, which made yeah. you, I'm going to go do Encino Man. Or it tilted it, you that it, way. It helped me make yeah. up my decision because his point was, if you're new to the industry, your calling card will be, I can do something dramatic. I also I can do it all. Yeah. Comedy, tragedy. You can do which the, you don't which, get that off. You don't get that chance a lot. So you have a chance before the one comes out. You're like, I can do the other one. And then now you can get hired for two different kinds of movies. That was the hope then. So, yeah. Um, and by the way, Encino Man is a good movie you can do wrong. Like that, <laughs> no, it was that really reading hard. it, he was great. At it. I remember seeing it back then. I think Paulie was in it with you. Correct. And Polly was funny and crazy, and uh, but you were charming. He's good looking, but you're making a lot out of this that could have gone the wrong way. You know what I mean? It could have been so dumb, but it was a huge hit, and that was great, and it was fun. I remember watching it back in the day. Thanks, Dave. And that kind of launched you. Uh, I, I I remember my first audition was for a movie called. Um, I wrote it down. It was one George with like the oh, Dead Poets Society. <laughs> oh yeah, wasn't that around oh, the same yeah. prior to that? I remember. Yeah. So, 89. 88, 89. I was yeah. in college then. Yeah. So what do you say about it? I just remember that film was coming out and it was being promoted and I was yeah. seeing e a young Ethan Hawke and the cast yeah. on Oprah, I think it was, to oh, do okay. press for it. So it was prior to, and you did movie anything in my. Yeah, I did a, a couple auditions and didn't quite make the cut. Um, but, uh, mm -hmm. so from George, I'm not George Jungle. You have so many in here, goddamn. Yeah, there's uh, so many. But well, I just want to interject yeah, this too because, is that you said that your dramatic training, so you, you're doing some of these movies and you're just totally commi committed, like as yeah. a dramatic actor, essentially, when sure. you're doing even Encino Man. Yeah. You're, you're not thinking comedy, you're just playing the truth of the scene. I don't know how to think comedy. Yeah. I think I'm the least funny person I know. And so. Uh, I saw some pretty funny I, shit on it. Yeah. my approach, it's a yeah. risk calling yeah. comedy anyway, but it, my understanding or approach is that if you think you're funny, you're not. Yeah. And if you, if you try just, to be funny, for sure you're not. So yeah. play it as a straight ahead reality, no, yeah. right? Yeah. I mean, and you know, you, on SNL, when the host would come in and, and sit down in that first Monday meeting and say, good news, guys, I'm funny. <laughs> <laughs> we all go, uh -oh. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> I know how to do it. I know, I was I know all the rules of Walken comedy. You say that. three things. <laughs> you all that you go, oh, boy. I just made a joke. It wasn't Christopher Walken. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, he said the bears. I know how to be funny. No. Um, <laughs> He's great. But one gear that you did have also in the, these 90 comedies is that, and I find it really interesting, that you could make your face like super, super leading man handsome. 
And then you could go to a grin that would just go a certain way that made you kind of funny. Or, you know, you could take the handsomest way and be the goofy yeah. leading man. It was really interesting to watch that, some of your stuff, you know. And was that intentional or just it was you were just thinking it? I'm sure you weren't making a face, but you could actually had a chameleon aspect. Is that um, a chameleon? Well, I think you shouldn't take yourself too seriously. Yeah. Maybe agree. it comes from that. Yeah. Yeah. And just, I think if you're having fun internally, I do think with comedy it helps. Even not, doesn't mean you're mugging, pushing, trying to be funny, but you're in a sense of fun, you know. Um, likeable is half of the battle too. He Anthony Hopkins, a Tony to me, sure. told me once that he thought acting at the top <laughs> level is a form of self hypnosis. He would, as you probably have heard, he only reads the script 200 times. <laughs> wow. And he has a Polaroid in those days. I know you're a huge Polaroid camera yeah. person. He had a Polaroid picture of his character, and they'd yell speed. He'd put it up, look at it, put it on his face, and go, what? And then Get put it in his pocket, and then he was the guy. Are you sure? Uh, You're not making that up for No, it was Tony Hoppy. Oh, whatever. Tony. He would yeah. huff a Polaroid picture of himself and then play the character? Yeah. He, he, wow. He would look whatever at works, it. Speed, man. We're yeah, rolling. Exactly. Whatever then works. Then he'd breathe it. And he said, oh, I think it's sort of, I, I always do Robin Williams when I do Anthony Hopkins. They're both <laughs> incredibly shy. They're, they're, his charisma is like this, you know. But um, this, you know, we'll go to the whale in a minute, but it, it's I, hard no, to act. This a point know. I wanted to make about something else I learned, I got this from Lauren, was before I did my first monologue when I hosted SNL, that moment before the, it wasn't broadcast, it would have been the rehearsal. Dress, before, yeah. dress yeah. thank you. Um, he came out and he has a little chat with the hosts. I was told, you sure. know, Lauren's going to have a word with you. All he said to me was, it's all about confidence. And he turned on his heel and we went to, whatever, shoot it. Went to air. Wow. So he told me. I mean, I, I didn't know if he was telling me, be confident or don't try and be funny. But essentially, it's just about taking ownership of what you're doing yeah. and committing to it. Um, I think that, that let me know a lot about um, Pretty much everything else about you know, again, knowing you're knowing you're there for a good reason. You're good at what you do. You like what you do, and if people don't laugh at what you're doing, then just move on to whatever is next. Mm. Yeah. Well, I felt when I watched the '97 monologue, you were very confident. Thanks. But then when I watched '99, there was a whole <laughs> other level of relaxation because you you'd already done it be mm. once before. Nothing defeats that. You went in and you found Tom Davis in the room. It's like Tom Davis was still living on the set. <laughs> you know? It was really, really he funny. was there when I was there. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. What did I want to get off my chest recently? Well, it's probably something you got to get off your chest because we all carry around different stressors, big and small. We just keep things bottled up, and then it starts to affect us negatively, David. Negatively. Yeah, it was something about when I was merging and the people weren't waving back to me and bothered me. But, you know, that th mm -hmm. that's a small stress, but it can be bottled up and yep. get bigger. Therapy mm -hmm. is a safe space to get things off your chest uh, and how to yeah. figure out, well, you know, you got to work through whatever's weighing you down. Mm -hmm. uh, yes, and I I was in therapy. I'm there here and there now, but for five years and... You know, it does challenge your thoughts because I'm going to, this is kind of, I don't know if this is profound, but you are your thoughts in some ways. Mm -hmm. So if you're thinking redundant negative things or sad things or whatever, a therapist can kind of get you out of that kind of negative pattern. So mm -hmm. be the best mm -hmm. version of yourself. Um, you know, and sometimes 
It can be small things. It can be major trauma. I think either way, mm -hmm. it's good to talk to someone. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just mm -hmm. fill out a brief questionnaire, get matched with a licensed therapist. Switch therapist if uh, you're not into yeah. it. Anytime, yeah. no additional charge. Mm -hmm. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash F-O-T-W today and get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.com slash F-O-T-W. What about when did Airheads come along? Uh, 95? 95. So I was hearing you talk about that on some... Uh, you know, with Sandler, table. with Sandler, I didn't even put that together. I was like, Oh, what's that? I was jealous. Whenever he's mentioned, I try to do that just under my <laughs> hey, yeah. he's he's listening. Uh, trust me. Uh, so, oh, by the way, listen to this, Dan. So, it's uh, Adam was asking you, or you guys are kind of uh, bullshitting about airheads, and and then Adam goes, Oh, and Farley was on it, he was on for two weeks, he did a lot of night shoots, and it was probably the most fun I've had on any set. I'm sorry, were you in grown ups, Adam? <laughs> Traitor. No, it was very traitorish, and you agree. <laughs> I'm glad you agree. And uh, Grown Ups 2 also, he could have picked either one. Uh, but I remember Airheads, and I was jealous. I think Bob Simons did that movie. I think it came along, yeah. and you were shooting down. He uh, was in New York, some of it. There was some in, uh, inside stuff, and I would come, maybe came to watch. I don't think I knew you, but I knew Adam no. and Farley and uh, Buscemi I just met. So that one kind of was a fun one, too. It didn't do great, but another fun comedy one, right? It's come around. I do a lot of uh, fan conventions now, and people show up dressed like Chaz Darby and the characters. Oh, yeah. They posters to sign. They scream, uh, if it's too loud, you're too old. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Flipping you off. Double-barreled double flip-off. <laughs> you, you just get them right back. Oh, I love you, bro. You know what? I think it's, it's really fun when you get a movie that lives on because sometimes movies do well and you never hear from them again and then some sort of live on and it's good to have the ones that live I think it resurges because it's you know, nostalgia for yeah. now for a whole new generation. I did one called PCU and then people go, oh, PCU is great. I, I, I didn't love it, but I go, oh, yeah, okay. Hey, listen, if there's people that get into it and forever, and it's kind of timely again now because it's politically correct and all that stuff. Right. Uh, Some of my movies were buried in Nevada <laughs> in, a, in, in a mine. In a <laughs> if you could have saved Clean Slate, you could have played that baby. They would test nuclear bombs and just do it, do it because they wanted to blow that movie up. People still like Wayne's World. Come on, you guys. Yeah, Wayne's World. <laughs> favorite Come of on. mine. Let's talk about Superman. I just heard that. That can be a quick story. But oh. Superman, what was the era of Superman? Was that an audition or was that a meeting or how does that work? That would have been in the year 2002. Uh, it was on the Warner Brothers lot. They were looking for a new Superman. And yeah. I think there were like five or six guys around town who were being juggled, their names juggled around. Sure. Um, mm. There was a test deal again, same thrill. Oh, come test in. deal. Huh? Yeah. I went in on a Fox or the Warner Brothers lot, put on the outfit. No, first I went into an office somewhere in <laughs> Wilshire Corridor and they locked me in a room with a script that was printed on crimson paper with black ink could hardly read it but the, you know you can also can't photocopy it oh, either by stealing it okay <laughs> and then i i could read it and give it back to them and then they for put, a superman movie yeah i could know the story okay so was it since christopher reeve this is like the first superman back i don't know it'd be way later so. than that yeah. i think reeves might have done the third one in the 80s so uh right. but brandon ruth played the part that's he, what he got ultimately job. got your part. Okay. Correct. Okay. Well, it's his, but I mean, I was an aspirant for sure. 
and um, yeah, there was a screen test. Uh, How did you talk shit. as Superman? I mean, did you kind of lower? Even? Uh, you have a pretty deep voice, but did you? I didn't want to put quotation marks around anything, yeah, so and I didn't did pretend to yourself? be Superman. I I uh-huh. tried to, <laughs> you know, get back and think of it. Well, if the script that was written was like it was like heightened text it was yeah, like they seem like that you know had a gabbler yeah. or oops um yeah. you know like big stuff that you would have done mm-hmm. iambic pentameter shakespeare and all classic text yeah. and so i gave that kind of approach of just mm-hmm. taking everything seriously and playing big objectives and yeah you know and just trying to uh, approach the piece as if it was a giant opera in space you know mm-hmm. did you have any lines like lex luther you're an idiot uh, close, so, bitch. Was, <laughs> close. Um, tizor was his name i was bellowing tizor <laughs> <laughs> like, i'll kill you tizor <laughs> i would have done it as super encino man Gee, i would have loved that <laughs> tizor change your name bitch yeah, I, was that was zod in one of those or am i crazy uh, zod i no, love zod there's a woman yeah. and a man with black hair and they came down there going bzz, bzz, they the three that got in the painted glass I, I that was the original i like, love that one that one was brilliant yes the first christopher reeves uh with the super, glass prism yeah, floating around space 79 and, and the planet explodes. it wasn't brando at all, was it? brando was in that he, he was. was amazing uh yeah. Zod. I give my only Maybe I read for Zod. To the planet. But we that other Trump. story. <laughs> Brando is Brando Trump. is Trump. He is a little bit. That He's good. Regis. Get out of here. There's <laughs> a little bit. Of, he's a little bit of Brando. There we are. There's no one finer than Brendan Fraser. You know. Anyway, I just um, have to sorry. tell him. I'm just quickly. a little punchy right now. <laughs> you're I'm, I'm sure you're more punchy than me. No, no. No, I'm, he's beat up. You're mm-hmm. giddy from the whale. Uh, but we're not talking about that just yet. I want to tell him about his I big break wait. in Dickie Roberts. Now, yes, Dickie, Dickie Roberts, where everyone was saying a Brendan Frazier. Um, it's like Razor Frazier, <laughs> right? Razor Frazier, rather than Fra- do you shave with a razor or do you shave with oh, a oh Frazier? Do you say do you shave with a razor? Razor. Or do you, you say the Frazier? The chameleon Frazier. voice guy got it. Yes. yes. I can do it. <laughs> it takes direction. Tell him about no. Brendan Fraser just gave me an acting note. It, it was a great act. note. He'd be a good acting teacher. Um, yes. I want you to direct me. Uh, we'll talk later. You no, can't afford Dana, me. don't quit trying to get <laughs> off Dickie Roberts. Me. Dickie Roberts is I, give a it tsunami. A, a quick synopsis. So what happened is the, I was wondering, because I didn't know Brendan, and he was nice enough to come in and do something in it, but I think it was through Sam, the director of George's Sam Weissman. Okay. So the backstory on that was, just to bore the fucking shit out of you, is <laughs> Dickie Roberts was pitched. We pitched it. Me and Fred wrote it. And we said, oh, it's a child star, which is sort of, to this day, a theme of child stars kind of hit the skit. You know what I mean? They have a yep. lot of trouble. And it's very real and it's sad and it's no one's quite figured out how to fix it. But that movie was PG-13. Two funny things. One, when we finished writing it, a pretty big director, God, I can't remember who it was, said, I'd love to do it. I'll keep the first act, but we have to go very dark after that and make it R-rated and make it the way that it really is. And I said, no, it can't be super dark. I mean, and Paramount's not going to do that. Uh, so we handed it in. By, by the way, when I handed it in, this is a classic showbiz story. So they read it at Paramount, and then I get word through back channels. They like it a lot, and they want to give it to Jim Carrey now. Ouch. You understand that this could happen at any time. This yes. is a classic behind the scenes. And so people were trying to keep that away from me going, 
Uh-oh. The good news is they love it, but they think Jim could take it like crazy because he was the biggest guy right then. They'll give him $20 oh, million. Yeah. And, uh, and I th- they talked to Adam Sandler. Adam Sandler was the producer of it. And so he said, I don't know, ask Spade, but I think Spade, because he co-wrote it, would rather be in it. But yes. then John Goldwyn, I think it was John Goldwyn, who's under Sherry. You mentioned Sherry Lansing. I think you mentioned her about school ties. Yes. So he called me and said, you might have heard some rumors. <laughs> it was so weird. And he said, I apologize. We're moving forward the way it is. And I said, you know, John, I get how business works. Take me out of it. If you could have Jim Carrey, I get it. It's really not personal. Yeah. I'm trying not to take it that way. And uh, he said, no, we're moving forward. Uh, and let's do it. And so... That was such a wake up call. Like those things, those conversations happen every day. Yeah. And you just don't know it. I shouldn't have known it, but I found out. He said, You still want to do it? I said, Yeah. So we did it. Brendan was very nice, came in. And uh, what, super, what did you do? We love it. Dickie Roberts. I was playing myself. Yeah, he's playing himself. Oh, you did a celebrity camera. <laughs> he was, he was okay. I was proving that I think I know celebrities because <laughs> I grew up and I was wearing gloves and I was crazy. But, you know, that child star thing could go. There's really dark because they're kids yeah. and they get involved in all these crazy adults. And uh, and then there's the drinking. and the, So we sort of did a skim job of making it. But it was fun. We, we brought in a lot of child stars to do it. And then at the very end, you know, some of them aren't with us anymore. But it was, it was very interesting to talk to them up front just mm-hmm. and hear some of their real stories. But we can talk about Brendan's movies again. All right. <laughs> Would you, do you have any more things you want to share about <laughs> Saturday Night Live before we yeah. move on? Yeah. I loved it. It was a proving ground, and I earned a stripe at the same time. By the way, I felt like I had, it's a milestone, absolute milestone. You feel like, I think if I was just out there doing a show or doing a movie, and when it's one of those things, like the cover of Rolling Stone or something, where they go, you, they want you to host it. It has to hit you. Like, it does. It's oh, just a big it's deal. it's not insubstantial at all. And when you host that show, you own New York for an hour or so in a feeling that you get. Yeah. Oh, it is oh, so it's the fast. coolest you thing You feel like you're a part show. of the city yeah. in a meaningful way that I wasn't anticipating. The whole a machine. Everyone's trying to help you. Everyone's there to make sure you're okay that week. And that and I think it's about changing clothes. In, <laughs> it's mostly about changing the clothes fast. Quickly. Running around bleachers, yeah. not trying to bump your head into the overhead <laughs> thing. Being, basically Yeah, you would be in danger of that at your height. Oh, Neil please. Used to bang Clocking stuff. Yeah. Oh, okay, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> they even yeah. put bumpers on it. Like, yeah. Oh, yeah. They have bumpers. Little tennis balls. Because you're sprinting sometimes across in the, the studio in the dark. Naked. Na- essentially <laughs> naked. Underneath so, the seats of everyone watching, so there's all these asses about you, and you're like, right. <laughs> "Crew guys are walking by. They've got me stripped naked. This guy walks by the cigarette, going, Spade, I thought you were going to start working out.' I go, hey, get out of here! You're not supposed to love I would just close my eyes. I was so humiliated. I just had a little underwear on. I I was completely bare chested. Everything. They're combing my hair. They're picking at me, and I just closed my eyes. And this can't be happening. Get it over I wear two speedos in case my main one breaks. All right, I wore a, a Hooter clamp. If you know the Hooter clamp, it's a thing that What's keeps everything clamp? in place. Oh, really? It's called a Hooter clamp. It's no, a that dance was, bell, Dana. Well, Dana. no, that's a joke. My brothers and I had that as a running gag when we were kids. I have three older brothers. Like, you, I have three is that one of our sponsors? We joked about the Hooter clamp. Three Brought to you brothers. by Hooter clamps. Hooter clamps. Brought to you by. <laughs> have you got your Hooter clamp on? It was just a joke. You know, I don't know. There's also you can put a trucker's buddy in there where you can pee during the show. <laughs> that's real. We don't okay, no, three I, older brothers. What so, oh, as, oh, wait, and SNL. So, '97, I had gone. I know you probably looked for me for about a half hour. I had gone by then, <laughs> See and then uh, was Will Ferrell. I think was there. 
Yes, he so was. So what was your cast? It was sort of Will, maybe Molly, Sherry, uh, Sherry Colin O'Terry. Quinn, Will Ferrell, Tim Meadows. He, you were in a really funny sketch with Sherry O'Terry and Chris Kattan where they went crazy in the gym. <laughs> yes. Like, what, you want to work out, huh? You know, that aggressive sexual <laughs> yes, thing. Do. The most committed sketch players ever, probably. And you were right in there, you know, at the end. Come on, you guys. And every time you'd play along with them, they'd start screaming at you. It was really funny. <laughs> You're like, these people are sexual perverts i'm the trainer okay i'll go with it what you want that you want that and then chris Kattan would go nuts on you very funny hey man it down. <laughs> yeah. so. it's fun to be in that insane world of like sketch and then you the second you're like taking a bow in your head going we got through it here's the crowd is live and they're ripping you going again you're the ups guy in this one you have a russian accent right. going like, oh shit there's another one you're looking like a, or even worse if there's a sketch you fell in love with that one got cut what? no <laughs> I know, I know that's the between dress and air. It's heartbreaking. You know? uh, it's Were you on the first delicious dish? That's where the no, not the first one. I was on it though, but it didn't. The applause at the beginning, I felt like it was new when you were on it, or or maybe it was the second time. I wouldn't know what to compare it to, they, but it I think huge, I think Pete Sweaty and Pete Sweaty's yeah. balls was already sweaty balls. Yeah, that, that happened. He was coming on with a little beard and glasses and, yeah. and playing sort of this quiet nerd, playing very small about squash. Or something like that. Um, yep. That was me. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And what were there? Mm, yeah. Okay. The scary thing is giving Just notes to someone very, like a host. Like if I'm with Good Brandon. times. Good times. Yeah. Was that it? Good times. You yeah. Walk yeah up good times. Go, good read times. this a little good harder. Times. Hey, because writers get to be directors on SNL. I had a hard time understanding that concept. I'm like, who's the director? Who's the director? And someone actually pulled me aside. Brandon, Everybody is. <laughs> the, the writers are the director. You are the director. Dude, I wrote my first sketch. They go, go in the booth and watch it. I go, what does that mean? I'm the director of it? I don't know what the fuck's going on. The great thing there was, it's, you know, when William Shatner came on, he was so loose, like during the dress show or whatever. He seemed like, he goes, well, why, why would I can't, you know, because we're so under rehearsed. Like, it's ridiculous. There's cue cards. He wasn't so, even stressed yeah. because, yeah. I why bother? can't believe people take it seriously. You can't rehearse. With, you know. So it is just, I loved it personally because I can get up in my head. I love that it was so fast. Yeah. Okay, let's just go. Plan Less time to think about it. Right? No time to think. Just go, go, go. But, I'm uh, jumping ahead to the mummy. Now, the mummy, the in mummy, England, it's called the mummy. I'm, I'm, I'll see your mummy and raise you the whale. <laughs> no, we're getting to the whale. That's the big ending. The whale is the big kahuna. Yeah. All right. But the mummy, I liked it because Easy lean man. Say it again. Easy Ahab, you know, hunting for the whale. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, we'll get to that. But Sorry, the I interrupted you. It's a giant, giant franchise. Three yeah. huge movies um, yes. that Brendan starred in in the knots. Correct. Yes. Yeah. Now, the what mummy. Did you make? Was what a, was your What was your biggest payout? No, let me see. Oh, yeah. It's almost about <laughs> you money. Have to tell you make us. a lot of money. Biggest you don't have to tell us how much money you got paid. I, that was I don't joke. even honestly recall, to tell you the truth, because most of it's gone now. <laughs> <laughs> I, I know the feeling. You know, uh, one oh, day yeah. you're, uh, you're I have flush, a and the next day uh, I, a birdie comes and takes it all away. Sorry, do you Johnny remember Carson. making a million dollars? My first yeah, million, I, I remember. I don't remember well, what it was, but really I remember making it. a really good conversation. Isn't a good conversation? First million. Well, what are you in that? That's the thing. Is exactly. it a million in the bank? People don't understand. What's the check shock on this one? I remember my first paycheck, and it was for $17,000 on a pilot I did. What the net? I went and picked up my check from the agency. It said $9,000. And I went to their accounting department. This is a mistake here. <laughs> And they pulled me aside and they're like, no, kid, you got to pay taxes. You got to pay a commission. Oh, commission. I had no right. You're out. I mean, if you yeah. get a million, you probably make, and this sounds crazy to people because a million is so much. But when you walk with 
375,000, you go. You round down to 25 cents on the dollar. Yeah. Because you got agent managers. You get used to the, to the gross manager. figure and your friends hear the gross figure. Yeah. Right. I drove to an Still agency once with my wife and I think it was a $30,000 check for a pilot. And we're like, we're rich. It's yeah, over, babe. We went in. It was like thirteen hundred. You know, <laughs> <laughs> I tried to give her a hug. She pushed like, off different, me. Get off different me! Different you said you're rich. Yeah. Just kidding, honey. I got it at some point, and I was so excited about it. And, and okay, and my question about the mummy were, it was early in CGI, kind of. Yeah. It, well, it was the tip of the spear at ILM with John Burton running. Oh, it ILM. Then. Okay. And they had done a lot of uh stuff with i want to say like terminator Shit, and, yeah, I, I um, was a big one uh um the not Avatar. like the creature from um alien i was you know, close uh, it was uh, it was jim cameron's water movie um, oh i remember that the abyss, oh, the abyss, the abyss. I think, yeah. yeah i got it yeah. that was pretty good that was David. good dude because i know a guy who was in it todd something yeah anyway um but it was a big gamble because the, well, first of all, nobody had any idea what the movie was going to look like. Is it a comedy in a way? Because everybody's comparing it to Abbott and Costello and it's a throwback, the mummy, blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. Was it a, a horror film? Was it a, was it Indiana Jones? Was it an adventure film? Was it a romance? Was it a... And it was all It was all, like a genre. Exactly. It, was a it hit him on all counts like a Like a Marvel movie today. Is Rachel Weisz <laughs> right? the girl? It hits on all those frequencies. Correct. The girl in it was great with him. Um, mm -hmm. John Hanna. Oh, Yeah. Mm -hmm. See? Oh, yeah. He was your, your uh, guide or something? Uh, he was her brother, my brother-in-law, my ne'er-do-well oh, brother-in-law. Right. They call them popcorn movies today, right? Just the, fun. That's right. Was it fun to do? Kind Absolutely. Of scary. Oh, a little bit scary. A little bit romantic. But it's thrill bit ride funny. funny. Like, yeah. I want to do it again. Yeah. yeah. Do you get hurt ever? Not on that one. Just my feelings. Is your feeling? <laughs> Why are you feeling? I can't remember. One reason or another. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, how were you with reading reviews throughout your career? Did you get uh, iron? Uh, I or, think, were you dinged by it? Or I, I, I'm terribly sensitive. If anything says anything slightly negative. Early about on, me. it was, um, you want to slap me in my bulbous face? Whoa. Says some writer in <laughs> Portland, Oregon. I thought. Them's fighting words. I'm gonna come find yeah. you, bro. But it's hard to not take stuff like that sure. personally. Yeah. But I would always feel like um, I would root around and look for the good ones, but I didn't know if they held any currency. <laughs> Sift through. Yeah. I get hurt by Instagram comments. I'm you very are on social media. Are you crazy? Yeah. That's Painful indeed is vindictive speech is a theme of the whale. Yeah. Say that again. Painful indeed is vindictive speech. I saw that on a plaque outside yeah. of a temple in Thailand years ago in front of a giant golden recluse. Well, earlier we in your career, if you get something negative, it can affect your career and you know it. And then later when you've gone through some stuff, it's a little, if you, if you feel a little more resilient, you know, you can withstand the storm. But if, if early on you do something and people are negative or rotten tomatoes or all that shit, it just, it's such a wispy career where it could just wind blow away from you and you're like, wait, I, I'm a big deal. And I like, think no. it's worse when you've had some success and then you get dinged and they use that success oh, to juxtapose how you're not successful anymore because mm, yeah. I've had my travails with that. But then I, you kind of go back to, you know, Tom Hanks said there's no crying in, in baseball. baseball. There's no being bitter in show business because the entire thing is designed to make you bitter. <laughs> I, I met so many. Mickey Rooney was the most bitter man I've ever met. 
I was the number one star in the world. You hear me? Bang. The world. You know. So I knew early on, okay, everything about showbiz is designed to make you feel bitter. So I'm going to choose either to pretend or just remember that we're privileged that we get like, paid a dollar to do this. To like, do this. Yeah. Th that's their up. It's like they're paying me to do this. That's how I felt early on mm -hmm. because I would be doing this anyway, even if you didn't because I didn't know else, what else to do. Tony Randall told me that. Did he? We get paid to do this. And he that's, was like 85 at the yeah. time. Never lost the wonder and awe of that. That's why um, I like people who do regular jobs because I go, we need them. I can't do it. I can't do jack shit. Agreed. And I appreciate it. Uh, I was a busboy, got fired three times. Um, but in, in The Mummy, <laughs> you I was asked that. First of all, The Mummy looked fun, like you said it was. Yeah. Fun. But doing stunts, you must have had to do some in The Mummy. And then you said you I got, got choked of, out pretty good on oh, like yeah. day two or three. There was a hanging sequence. and Hanging? From the neck. No, I'm <clears> out. Well, didn't they have you in a harness and CG? You know, they didn't because they, they we were did trying the to get the shot before lunch. Exactly. <laughs> That's so what happens. When you were hanging scene and you blacked out? Did well, they fire the stunt coordinator? No, he was too important. And plus, I could still be but, replaced. Yep, it was early on in the schedule. Wow. So, wow. you know, we, we were running around going, we still have jobs. We do. But, you know, we could be replaced. <laughs> Hannah was like that all the time. Like, oh, no, I can't believe it. Don't tell them they'll send me back to Glasgow. I don't know what I'm doing. Oh, I still got a job. They can't fire me now. Fuck it. Let's do this. So Sorry, I just channeled him. <laughs> you, can't, you can't. It's hard well, to complain on the set. You don't want to be a complainer. I got choked out. Because the rope was on my neck. Steven said, hey, it's a medium shot. Uh, um, it doesn't look like you're hanging because they already shot the wide of the stuntman in the harness. And he went, bang, and it looked great. You only need a moment. And then they go in on a coverage of Rick, uh, uh, choking, choking. Did one shot, came in, and he said, hey, um, look, it doesn't really look like you're, you know, dying. Can you really, like, dial it up? And All right. I didn't like what was happening anyway. So we went for another take, and I remember watching – Camera was on tripod, came around, there's a guy screaming off camera, and I remember looking, I could see the mat box, and I thought, okay, I'm really going to sell the hell out of this, and I made up what would really make me look like I'm choking, like I'd been asked, so I huffed air really hard and started hyperventilating, held my breath, so I thought, I'm going to get really big red veins popping out of my eyeballs and all that. That's the stupidest thing you could do if you're at uh, choked off. And the guy holding the rope above me on the scaffolding was the stuntman, and he brought up the tension and I was on my own feet on your toes, oh, on my toes, on your toes and I had nowhere to go unless ah, I was a ballerina yeah. and uh and I I don't all I remember seeing is the map box come around and then it was like went black an wow. iris closed like someone turned the wow. dial down like and the next thing I knew there was a British voice going Brendan Brendan and there was dirt in my ear and in my teeth. And it felt like my elbow was behind my head and the world was sideways. I didn't understand it. And my shin really hurt. And everyone was quiet as a drop of pin. Forget it. They were screaming their heads off moments ago, earlier. And I thought, what just happened? And it kind of dawned on me wow. that these guys are medics. They're trying to wake me up. Everyone's looking at me. I, it, it was... Um, while it didn't hurt per se, it it frightened me more than anything else, and I didn't like having that feeling of, you know, being the fallen team player when it happens in hockey or football or something. Everyone gets quiet. Yeah, yeah. And and I kind of had this emotional reaction, like yeah, I did would. something wrong or I didn't know. Whole sets dead silent. And Simon yeah. Atherton, I outed you, runs over to me and he goes, "All right, man, cool." Ah. Uh, 
you're in the club. Same thing happened. And Mel Gibson on Braveheart. Ha 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 ha. I'm like, I want to go home. <laughs> wow. Initial here. Press hard for copies. We won't sue. <laughs> oh, I, oh, I passed that. Ted. He was a great. He is a great stunt guy. He went on. He did a lot of really good stuff. That wow, we've I've all never really, heard. I've never heard of someone having that experience. That would. Well, that apparently, would, Mel Gibson did on Braveheart. Like well, I want. Yeah, to but wear. he said, "Let's do it again." <laughs> Difference. <laughs> That's my bad, Mel Gibson. So. That was Mel Gibson. Oh, I can't. Australian accents are difficult. That was that was Keith Urban. True Green is the easiest and most affordable way to get a beautiful lawn. Now, you're out there, you have acres and acres, hundreds of acres. All you have to do is water and <laughs> okay. mow, and they'll do the rest. No. Weed control, which you hate, fertilization, mm -hmm. aer aeration. Can't stand it. Among others. They'll do all that, so you can do literally anything else. Dana's out there like Yellowstone. You have better things to do in your free time. I know you do. You don't want to focus on lawn care. True green is too good to be true, mm -hmm. is what I'm saying. But it is true, right, David? Because yeah. you're going to have more time to do yeah, things that you want to focus on. All the hard work, and it gets yeah. you to a great lawn. That's what you want. You take care of everything else you got to do in your life. You're very busy. Let true green take care of this one thing. Get it off your plate. You know what? I do have some space. I want to put some grass down. Some I, I might. <laughs> I'll I'll, talk, I'll call you later, talk, True Green. Talk to True Green. <laughs> Where can listeners mm -hmm. purchase or learn more? You go to TrueGreen.com. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people, guaranteed. You can trust True Green to give you the best lawn because they are the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. Whoa. They offer a satisfaction guaranteed, and they have a verified best price promise which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. That is such a cool thing. Good job, True Green. You're nailing it. Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Oh, yes, you heard me right. You can talk to an actual human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Okay. Now, I just want to touch on, we're, yeah. we're making our way toward the whale. Yeah, we are. Which is great. I just want to, my wife and I were watching The the Affair on Showtime. Oh, yeah. Which I think is a really, really great show. And then you Me come too. on for season three. Yes. And it, it's a precursor to your skill at the whale or whatever you've done throughout your career. Because you must have got a lot of heat for that character, Gunther. This damaged, uh, sadistic prison guard. And all of a sudden there's Bre Brendan doing his thing. So I, it really stood out for me. And it, I really reckon hey, that's Brendan Fraser. I mean, he's killing it. So it, did you get that feeling from that part? The conceit for that was that um, he was a doppelganger. He was the, you know, the bookending character and yeah. it's straight lifted straight out of um, it's creepy German fairy tale lore. The doppelganger is your other half. Doesn't necessarily have to be your twin other half, but mm looks like you and is there to teach the protagonist something about themselves and they're doing it through the use of violence. 
So that was Gunther. And that's evidenced in the Rashomon quality of, mm-hmm. Rashomon story quality of like what really happened from different perspectives that the affair was structured on. Mm-hmm. When you would pick up little clues of, all right, uh, Noah's, was it Noah? Yeah, Noah's car got, Noah, yeah. His, yeah. his car got bashed into by Gunther who was trying to chase him down. He saw him in the rear view mirror. Mm-hmm. But he pulls over and he thought it was a vision, but the camera pulls back and there's um, no damage on the bumper. So did it really happen mm-hmm. or not? And then by story's end, he gets out of jail and confronts him in his own home. And it turns out the guy may have just been a well-meaning social worker all along, you know, who worked in the jail and wanted to make sure that the inmates had a structured plan when they or if they got out. And he was confronted by him on his own front lawn. And you should be left wondering, did that really happen that way? And I think that was the the... Mm-hmm. perfection of that show because they did that in so many ways from retelling a story from different characters yeah, perspectives so her point of view his mm. point of view but it's interesting to me not being a, any kind of sort of dramatically trained actor is that you do all this stuff prep work in your head and then you just stand there as gunther and we as viewers just know it a lot's out, going yeah. on this you've you're gone and this guy has got tons of shit going on so it's just fun to watch thank you it's interesting you know, to pick different that. places to show up to, like in the affair, which is a hit show, and then he's in there. Just well, that's why you never went surprise. totally away. There's always these. You're showing up in really kind of high quality stuff throughout the. What do you call it? The post knots. Not twenty twenty twelve to to, to around now. there. Yeah, yeah. So I you, did take a step back to slow down. My life had taken a different path at that point too. I had had kids. Some I'd moved across the country. Um, there was some legal action in my life, personally speaking, and that you know, for better or worse, it's something you must contend with, and it takes your focus away from what your aspirations yeah. professionally are. But. He'd go mad if he didn't have a job, right? So I always had something to do, whether it was mm-hmm. with the affair or some other project. And, and also, I don't know if I could have maintained the level of expected success that I had yeah. had up until that point because you fall out of favor if your film doesn't reach, I don't know, a magical number yeah. or something like that. And yeah. you don't know what the rules are. You don't know if you've been fired or you just won't be rehired. Yeah. So you got to take it in D- control of yourself. Being someone who had a botched bypass and had career difficulties, you know. I so like I just wonder how you process that period of and not needing to go and do it personally, but it's sort of on record that you had troubles and, and yeah. various things. Same with other people. How do you does it? How does it affect you now? You look back at hey Brent, you know, were you proud of? You were courageous. You made the right choice. I'm glad for everything that happened the way that it did yeah. because I couldn't be the individual who I am now without having gone through the paces that way before. If this kind of acknowledgement that I'm seeing or receiving right now had happened 20 years ago, mm-hmm. uh-uh, I wouldn't have been able to have, I wouldn't have had the emotional man tool belt of mm-hmm. psyche to deal with it. I, I do now because yeah. 
I have a context. I know why I do this. It's because I've got kids now. And that just chemically changes everything that you, every choice you make. It's, mm-hmm. it gives it a, oh, that's the reason why. The rest of it was just about desperation and fun and trying to stay with a. I think that's where I'm at. A trend. Desperation and fun? Yeah. Or staying with a trend? That was the, that's the title of his Showtime special. <laughs> desperation and fun. <laughs> took Brandon to find a good title for me. I go, that's it. That's it. Quick, let me write that down. So, yeah, it's sort of like your own mortality or, you know, knowing, putting your kids first in your brain all the time. And yeah. for me, when you I did had. That too. The, yeah, well, I was like, oh, you can really check out of here at any time, you know? So I was like, oh, please, can I get to 60? Oh, my you mean son you can was, check out meaning you Yeah, uh, because my problem. issues were at 42. I'm perfect now. Never had a heart attack. That's all. It's in my book. Um, I recall, called, Dana, and it, you yeah. look fantastic. You look really healthy. You look well. hot. Uh, but thank you. Uh, I know. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, but I was curious about that, and that makes total sense. And so you're, you're back at the table in a way, yeah. and you're saying – it makes sense. All this emotionality you went through in this whole trajectory, hmm. you're able actually to grasp it. Because I got an Emmy once, and Bob Hope handed it to me. Wow. And I wasn't really there. Just I, you had an out-of-body experience with it? Out-of-body, but I couldn't really. Appreciate me, an Emmy? I'm just from Carlisle you're like, High am school. I the good guy that's supposed to get an Emmy right now when I look at everyone so great? Yeah, When I was on the cover of feeling. Rolling Stone, I felt nothing. I just like, I didn't, I, I couldn't grasp it. I'm just Can saying that you. talk about that a little more? Because it kind of happened to me a little bit last night. Oh, oh yeah, okay. the critics' well, you choice. And I were, you know, kind of no. Um, yeah. Well, can I can I t- say one thing about Anthony yeah, Hopkins yeah. again? I just by accident, because he he was kind of doing TV movies, yeah. you know, and then he read the script. Uh, this was like very fast, Hannibal Lecter or whatever, yeah, yeah. Science of the Lambs, and he put it down after five pages. He said, "I didn't want to read anymore because I might not get the part." Because it was so perfect. Wow. And he thought he used, he would think to himself, "What would it be like to be in a big Hollywood film?" Oh, wow, that must be amazing. So he does Hannibal Lecter, wins the Oscar. He's in Times Square. He looks up, Silence of the Lambs, Anthony Hopkins lying around the block, and he says, and I felt nothing. (sighs) So it's hard. You're out of body in a way. You're All these awards you're getting and 10-minute standing ovations, I would find it to grasp it. You feel like you're in a fever dream or something? No, or sometimes, but that's just my own insecurity coming to take over me. And the best advice I'm getting from friends and family and all that is just stay in your own boots. Just take the moment in. Yeah. And I know that has value because I couldn't appreciate that stuff earlier on. I can now. Yeah. Well, I, I think that for all of us, because, you know, I'll cry in my car sometimes, just like for a minute, you know, when just things overwhelm you. Yeah. And David... Is there usually at the same time? No, but uh, so when you're that raw with people and it's so authentic, I know that's such a cliche word now. Yeah. It touches all of us, yeah, because we're feeling the weight of it. You can't watch your acceptance speech, and I couldn't. By the end of the whale, too, it was just so overwhelming, yeah. and this. So whatever Doesn't you went up. through maybe informed you to bring us these gifts. It has to have had value or gotten into your body. And, Mm -hmm. and the whale was shot during time of COVID also. So it was this, you know, it was tiny set two bedroom apartment. We rehearsed on a soundstage with a taped out floor from one to one model. So we really knew our jobs pretty well. One to one model. So it's like exactly taped off what the set's going to be. Like you would rehearse a play, for instance. Darren wouldn't even let us cross the tape. We had to use the entrance. Oh, taped out entrance. Like there's, wall there yeah okay. you would walk into the wall don't cross the day darren aronsky 
Aronofsky. 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 Him too. I'm not good. I went to state school. I'm not. We're from Montana. We we don't put two and two together too easily. I'm I'm Brendan Fraser. How do you do? Brendan Fraser's here. I mean, Uh, it's almost like I always thought. Just to touch on what you just said, it would be harder to me. I think if you were on Friends, it's like a show like that. The first thing out of the gate is so huge. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. And you don't realize it's ne- it might not be like that anymore. How do you follow that up? And how do you follow it? must screw with your head. And when you get like one line in something and then you get this and you sort of go up and have everyone has career ups and downs that you do appreciate when it's going good because you go, it can go away. You didn't Agreed. know before, but now I you I still go, feel like someone's going to walk in the door and accuse me of fraud, fraud. Yeah. basically. And I have a... With, uh, imposter syndrome. Like I feel, you feel like I should be feeling something. I guess it's normal. Jimmy Stewart and Henry Fonda said they. Oh, well, that's it. <clears throat> Every movie they haven't found me out yet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Dana, and I won't insurance. even do the impression. I guess we're right on schedule, then, guys. <laughs> we're <laughs> yeah. I I David <laughs> tell tell <laughs> uh, now. Listen, people don't this. The whale got a twelve week standing ovation. <laughs> By the way, I will say it's funny when I hear like a three minute standing ovation, then six, until I go, what are these people doing? Do they bring a lunch? Because they're clapping going, are you sitting down? Because I loved it, but I, I have to go to the ballet now. Like, it, you then it's 15. You gotta pace yourself to do this. Yeah, work. Well, and Brandon's watching tunnel, going, are you shoulders? done? I get it. You liked it. Now my feet are hurting. I was trying to leave the theater when we, and, and uh, I thought we were almost out of the doors in Venice and Darren's like, no, I'll get back, take a bow. I'm like, really? All right, fine. So <laughs> I did. I took a bow. It wasn't, but the, what you don't see is I was looking at 1,200 people and they're all crying and they're of Italian course. and stuff. And ah, they're doing this side. You can't nut. So was that a moment, I was just curious about this when I see that, like you you do the movie, so everyone's starting to get you hyped up. I've got to admit, hey, you're, you're awesome at this, Thank you, right? Yeah. It's, it's starting to happen. But then when you show it to an audience and yeah. you get that kind of response, then, okay, like it's, it's, real. it's, it's as great as people are telling me. Right. And so that, see why that would be a waterworks moment, maybe um, even more than- Because it's proof, they actually like it. It's not just some- yeah agent or somebody telling you that it's good you're great in it you are you having a good. sense memory right now i was just um no no oh, I'm, uh, I, yeah because that oh, no that, wait i am now now yeah, yeah. No. Okay. <laughs> because it feels like that would be the first the, what was the first one that you showed it to where you were with the audience and well, they venice. just venice, venice. venice okay. film festival 1200 seat theater i don't and, have the number of seats but there were many many many, many people and you have no idea how it's going to go i know that i've seen it i know that after you finish watching this film the credits roll and people are still rooted to the spot. And no. I don't say that in the same kind of like blown smoke kind of way. Agents go, well, I loved it, man. I loved it. <laughs> no, this, that. this one's legit. I was the whole time just well, riveting. Crying. I felt like I, I needed to reconnect a few sockets and cables sure. after I saw and I'm in the thing. You yeah. Know? It's not, uh, it doesn't let up. Uh, your daughter in is wonderful. Sadie Sink. Sadie Sink is From tremendous. Stranger Things. You and her Liz together is. is that energy is magic. The yeah. two of you. She came in, Thanks. coming in hot, and she did not let up. She was tough, too. She was tough. The though. estranged daughter. She's, first thing, Sadie is a genuine article. I watch this kid winning the game ball every single day at a front row seat. She, her talent presages her years. I don't like, where'd you come from? And she um, is... As Darren describes her, she's like a jewel. You look at it one way, it's interesting and new and beautiful and all that. And there's something, a new facet. And 
she was just consistent, a stone cold professional in her um, approach. Just always gold star performance. I could say nice things for the rest of her time here, but Sadie um, is also a young woman who has a big family. Her father is uh, a football coach. He's got a handshake on him, like like gripping a handful of channel lock pliers. Like, I, are you a stonemason? Like, ouch! And it's just him introducing himself. Mm-hmm. Um, so she comes from a real strong family, and uh, she. Um, has this gift. It has to be. Her approach to playing this part was, and I saw it. It's She never went in for the trope of an angsty teenager. She understood that this girl is talented as a character, but doesn't know it yet. Mm -hmm. She has a lot of understandable rage that comes from her heart. Charlie did something that really, really wounded this kid. And he didn't have to pay the bill on it until it confronts him and life doesn't you like it, the movie. You invited the bill being paid. Exactly. So she comes back and she's she's demanding of oh, yeah. to get what she needs. Sadie's um focus on that was never to crack, never to crack, never to crack yep. until the moment when the spell gets broken in a way, when he finally crests his Mount uh. Kilimanjaro of making his apology mm-hmm. to her. And Come see the film, but you know that's that's yeah, the I'm moment. Welling up, you're... just thinking about that part because, first of all, watching it from different eyes, my dad left when I was four, and my brothers were six and eight. Mm-hmm. So, and he didn't come around, and then he came back later, and he wanted to. He didn't really want to make up. He just came around, and so I was the one sort of pushing the reconciliation, you know, just because you don't have your dad. Yeah. And so there was themes in that movie that hit me mm. uh, in different ways, and also just the fact that it is. Just a very well crafted, well, and the woman that takes care of you, Liz, I think is her name. Hong Chow. Yeah, Hong Chow. Great. Yeah, she was she, magic as well. And it's yeah. it's in movies that are brilliant, that are great, and I give it up to the writer, director, and all the performers. Samuel D. You Hunter. can't imagine anyone else playing no. any other part. No. That's one a great movie. That's always the sign yeah. of it. No one else could have done what you did. She Hung, I yeah. believe that character should have its own movie. Yeah. I want to know who who Liz was at work in her yeah, other life. Right, because she just she was comes such in. Such a likable character. And there's know? more that Hong can say in between the lines, in the pauses and the silences, mm-hmm. than any of the dialogue she's speaking, just by her face and how she drinks in who she's speaking to, almost as if like she's listening with her pores or something. Well, there's parts Incredible. in there, and you can always tell us to cut something out if it feels like it's too much. But remember the part, Dana, where uh, she's talking about her truck. And it's such a curveball, like you're getting it from all sides, and it's just like, oh my god, <laughs> yeah. what a fucking mess! Ah, that was tough to take all that. So, listen, it got me. I kept starting and stopping it because I had to like gather myself. Brendan, I'm a comedic performer. I was doing <laughs> sold out shows, other people's words, in uh, big theaters, right, right. and uh, it was hard to regain the funny bone. But um, like you. Very talented. <laughs> and I got through it. Dana? Like uh, you. I just want to ask, because uh, I'm fascinated uh, how great movies get made. I remember asking Joe Pesci once, do you know when it's great? Yeah. How do you do it? I mean- What did he answer? He goes, hey, you, just, you lock in. That's how you do it. You just fucking lock in. You know? 
He said something once that I knew he'd done. He goes, eh, sometimes some guys don't want to fight. You know what I say? Shiggle bowl across the nose. And you could tell he'd done that move. He's only he's not a big guy. But doesn't matter. But he says you lock in. So for me, the when you're when you're shooting the whale, how does Darren approach that? So he's like, he's got these diamond gems. You're in your thing you're well, this well big cast, giant yep. person and you're you're just so locked in uh does he does he do you a lot of takes you ask for more takes is he is he he likes to shoot a lot of takes and you know and with that's the, okay with you uh, look we're all there yeah. once anyway yeah. you know we knew like i said we knew our jobs from the rehearsal mm -hmm. process so you made your discoveries and yeah your bonding made your mistakes before you walk up and say so you're just a bunch of actors showing up going oh, you know it would be really cool and looking at the sides every morning no we knew how to play the music. Because it was we a play. Musicians. Yes, precisely. And for that, each uh, each take, because it's a tiny set, it's a two-bedroom part, and we're like a submarine crew on top of each other. And because of the, just the exigencies of playing that character, and I, I'm wearing a great deal of makeup and apparatus and yeah. costuming and harnessing and... I, you know, whether it was a man whose body is big like Charlie's or if I was in an alien costume or something, they're yeah. really kind of the same approach. It's suit performing, mm -hmm. you know? And so I figured, you know, we're here. Let's just keep doing it again. Darren, he he would just keep shooting. We were also shooting like everyone does now on digital. So there's no more film. There's no magazine to change. Just keep going. It's like a light switch. Just turn yeah. it on. And you can do them on a loop. And yeah. if something's off on a take, just back up the camera and go yeah. again. And I think that would get him a lot of variety. And, um, but in Hong's case, he would just kind of go, okay, well, we already got it. Um, you know what? Just show off. Impress me. He loved her so much. It, it 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 was um it wasn't you would you would you would try and it was really finessing of many takes to find out what's the best way to do it. He yeah. was never shooting for variety with me at least. And you could almost do it different ways. Like there's different colors and layers in each take, and you're like, he's got to go back and pick which is the best one. Because sometimes I think that was a good one. Next one you go, that was good at the beginning. Oh, we nailed that part. You know, on different movies, but this this one, I'm sure he's got in his head what he wants. It's hard. It would be hard with that emotion, which is a lot of your stuff and humor. It's very emotional to get through take after take. You know that would be harder for me. Well, you have to I get say there. one day at a time. I think you know you eat an elephant one bite at a time. Um, at least it was in one location. Was kind of nice. Yeah, where where yeah. was it? We yeah. shot in Newburgh, New York, um, across the mighty mighty Hudson. It was frozen in that time of year so called there in a motorcycle museum and the lower half of uh, and i'm sure you said this on press junkets but <laughs> so it's three hours in probably and three hours out four oh and how ready. many to get out an hour but and that's okay i mean shoot for 12 minutes a day i i actually i had a guy kevin yeager who's brilliant on this a very goofy movie that no one saw master of disguise I yeah, love I Master of Disguise. Hey, wait a minute. See Let me Dana? get a. Can I record this? Master Confetti. of Disguise. I'm a Master of Disguise. Any we interview that mentions it gets a little. It was very, very silly. But he did. He yeah, like eight hours with me sometimes. Wow, eight. Um, Honest. Yeah. In, in what? In which character? Um, Do you remember? Well, it was the Turtle Man. I I get. Well, I'd get there at three thirty or four sometimes. Oof. He would spray spackle yeah. very detailed on my hands and stuff. Yeah. Was he know? built? Were they putting appliances on you that were appliances already appliances on? When I did, um, Quint, 
from Jaws, you know, Robert Shaw, Shark yes. Go in the Water. That was a big one, you know. Right. Look exactly. And I'm so I'm encased in rubber. I don't know if you had a situation. I'll ask you in a second. And they said Barbara Streisand's here today because James Brolin was playing the mm-hmm. father. Mm-hmm. So I had lunch with Barbara Streisand, but I'm in full prosthetic no. Robert Shaw makeup it's the so whole time. Weird, yeah. There was no time for me to get out. So do you have goofy agents or people come by? You're completely Charlie. You're fully your guy. And then you're talking, you're in the, and you're talking as Brendan. I, it was a little there was a, Yeah, there were moments of that. Yeah. But if we weren't like in the production or the family, there weren't yeah. that many visitors anyway. They're actually zero because it was yeah. COVID restrictions oh, and all yeah. that. Um, I think David from A24 came around and just put his head into my cooling tent and say hi. And, you know, My cooling out. tent. Yeah, I, I did. I had a cooling tent oh, with makes a barco lounger. Yeah. Um, because you can't like get up and run to lunch. You have to I like. I needed to be wheeled the 70 or so steps from the chair to oh, the set, yeah. to the chair, to the set. You, yeah. I won't say anything more about the movie, but yeah, I could That's see right. that. We're talking about the movie, <laughs> the, the Whale, Whale yeah. which is uh, doing very, very well box office wise, I've read. I mean, it's getting a big audience Not for a, an indie film. It's yeah. hard to make yeah. adult thoughtful dramas at the moment i hope they'll mm-hmm. turn around it used to be that's all you could make if you wanted to do something small it was a thinky piece that went to a film festival and yeah. then you hoped for distribution or something like that but what with streaming and all the different ways to consume content I don't What's know it, it's, well, after after rehearsal yeah. how long did it take after what after you were done with rehearsals how long did it take to actually shoot it I think we had like 30-something days, not including the weekends, but, you know, wow. 30, 32 days. Okay. But we shot mostly chronologically, which was really helpful. That's fun. Yeah, you that can really helps. through. I wouldn't say it's a fun movie, but I'd say that, that helps. <laughs> that helps. Would you like to learn a new language? We. Oui. <laughs> See what we? I did? Oh. No, I said we oui, like French. Oh, okay. We, we. We, we. I have, ever since I've seen Pepe Le Pew and his way with women, I thought, I want to learn a new language. You know what? I, I do have a, because uh, I'm, a, I, I do voices and stuff. I do like yeah. the sound of, of, of French language. Yeah, you're good at faking a language. I just do gibberish, but I want to actually learn. And that's, mm-hmm. I'm going to introduce you in the world to Rosetta Stone. It's the most trusted language learning program available on desktop or as an app. And it truly immerses you in the language you want to learn. Yes. I've heard about this and talked about it for a long time. It's the trusted expert for 30 years. They have millions of users, 25 languages offered. So I think that pretty much covers the globe. You've got your Spanish, your French, Mm -hmm. you were just talking about, Korean, Dutch, Arabic. Fast language acquisition. It, 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 there's no English translations, so you really learn to speak, listen, and think in that language. That's the hard part, I think. That's it. And it's an intuitive process. You pick mm-hmm. up the language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. And it's all designed for long-term retention, which is great, because I took Spanish for 12 years, and all I know is how to find a library. Yes, Donde, I know. Donde está la biblioteca. So this one, really, really, you retain it. I learned German, and I know... Hastu Zweister now Abra no Hastu Bruder now nine Abra Cabras by Swester. That means have do you have a brother? No, I have but I have three sisters. I took German for seven years and all I remember is Kasun Kasuntite. <laughs> what does that mean? That means bless you. 
Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, so <laughs> someone sneezes. Gesundheit! Rosetta Stone, that's not going to happen. Another thing I love is they have a built-in true accent feature that gives you feedback on your pronunciation. That's like having a personal trainer for your accent. Very important to being understood in a foreign country is to do it in kind of the rhythm of the way that language is speak. Right. You don't, you don't look like some clown. Desktop and <laughs> app options, audio companion, ability to download lessons offline. Mm-hmm. By the way, the Lifetime membership has all 25 languages. For any and all trips and language needs in your life, mm-hmm. that's lifetime access to all 25 language courses Rosetta Stone offers for 50% off. What are we waiting for? It's a steal. What is going on? Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started for a very limited time. Fly in the Wall listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Oh, yeah. Visit rosettastone.com slash fly. That's 50. That's like the highest I've heard of. 50% mm-hmm. off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash fly today. It's blazing hot outside. You get into your car and turn on the AC to get cold air pumping, but it blows hot air out. This issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the AC system. You want an easy all-in-one solution that will restore the cold air in no time. AC Pro recharge kits make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero David, no DIY experience needed. Save time and money versus going to a shop by picking up an AC Pro recharge kit today. Be a pro with AC Pro. Well, good is good. I, I, I'm wondering when the first time you did the makeup tests and you became the character. And when you looked in the mirror, you know, obviously the thing is you start to go, what was your reaction? Was it emotional we, almost? Yeah, it or? was actually funny yeah. you should ask. Yeah, um, I think before, well, the first time, the first test was at the protozoa office and Adrian Moreau is the designer of this makeup. Mm-hmm. He's brilliant. And um, getting into it for the first time, you know, it was big labor to get mm-hmm. all the parts from Montreal and all that. And Derek looked over my shoulder and he said, for the rest of your life. <laughs> what does that mean? That's what I thought. What does that mean? And then I thought, I know what you mean, actually, because you can't really divorce yourself from me creating this character for better or worse. Mm-hmm. Hope you remember it. Yes. You can be remembered for something for the rest of your life for any number of reasons. Well, there's never been a movie that explored people suffer from obesity. Not in this way. Yeah. No, I was. I thought about this long and hard. I, I not, remember not this way. Yeah, the closest I could think of, and this might be reaching for it, was Dom DeLuise in Fatso. Oh, interesting! It was called more Fatso? of a broad comedy from the eighties, right or seventies. Yep. It was really emotional too. Yeah, and 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 I I brought yeah. I drew inspiration from John Candy in Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. Oh, yeah. yeah, do you recall when they were in? He was deriding him, and he says, mm-hmm. "Go ahead, you can. I'm a big guy. You can take a shot at me. Yeah, but I like me." My mm-hmm. wife likes me. I'm, yeah. I'm good enough. I mean, and he looked like he was going to crack in that moment. Yeah. And he probably was. And that yeah. was a beautiful piece of acting right there. I don't think we've seen that kind of sensitivity attached mm-hmm. yeah. to owning who you are when you live in a larger, larger body like that. Yeah. And I, I love that he was a college professor, <laughs> you know, and, and there was a heartache always underneath almost the entire. It was just there. You didn't have to play it. it Even when you're being light, like you're being yeah. light with everyone, you're saying, I'm sorry. And. But you know, it's all in really your face. So the suit kind of uh, 
goes away for a while because you're just watching you to see what's That's going cool on. because in absence of it, you know, being a success with our finely tuned brains seeing makeups versus CGI creations, and you can tell the, where the dotted lines yeah. are, mm-hmm. and you automatically go, mm, eh, you have to make a decision about suspension of, dis- of belief. I'll mm-hmm. let that one slide. Eh. But with this, yeah. it was a straight ahead analog makeup. Yeah. yeah. With the exception of maybe a light um, digital curative, if like a piece of fabric on your shirt yeah. was acting mm-hmm. up in its yeah. own movie or whatever, that we'd fix that later. Or there was a scene when. On the bib sort of shape of the collar when Charlie goes down the hallway to go to bed, he takes his shirt off before. And, you know, anyway, that that was the full suit. It was very heavy. And, um, you know, anyway, apart from that, what you see was what you got. But if it didn't work, there was no movie. And the rule was this is a makeup and costume that will obey the laws of physics and gravity. It, um, it will not be what we've seen so frequently which is uh a foam light foam halloween costume kind of silhouette that an athletic actor wears and you sort of defy gravity and bounce around the way and yeah you know i mean that's that's a different movie it's a different genre Mm -hmm. i have mixed feelings about what's funny about that and what's not no you look like it was very belabored to do anything that guy was ill he was not well and you really i mean when you were wheezing and and you know, I felt suffocated, you know, I was really in when he, the heroic moment with his daughter where he's, I don't, I don't want to give away the ending, but when he gets up, that was just, that put me in a puddle of tears. I'm, I'm feeling it right. It's now. having it's, the strength to get to your feet yeah. and do what you just need to do. Just someone who loves his daughter so much and yeah. it's impossible and he's going to do it anyway. And yeah. anyway, you should see it folks. <laughs> if you like great drama. If you like great movies, my God, she's yep. uh, well, sorry. So you got me again, Thanks, Brendan. Dana. What do you got for Brett? I think we should let him go on his flight. Uh, there you go. Uh, <laughs> Brendan's a very nice dude, and uh, uh, Brendan Fraser over on the way to go to uh, more stuff in London. About anyway, the whale. on a, a just a, another human note, everyone, you know, there's so many awards in our lives growing up. Yeah. You know, you're a Canadian, as you play, speak French, but there's the Academy Awards. I mean, you've already nominated Golden Globe. You've won Critics' Choice. I don't know how many more there'll be, but do you let your mind wander to that idea? Uh, of no, I can't. I yeah, don't want to get ahead of myself. I can't read those tea leaves any better than you yeah. or me or anyone can. I, I, I laugh at the prognostication that goes on because nobody I knows know. shit. Yeah, know. Nobody knows anything. <laughs> no, it's always a surprise. Disabuse yourself of <laughs> yeah. having the inside track. You do not. <laughs> no, nobody knows. You do have to keep that attitude. Yes. You know. Right, I, it was Herman Melville talk. who wrote, I know not all that may be coming, but come what may. will. What may, I will I, go to it laughing. Yeah. Yes. I lived by that from yes. since Venice and now. Mm-hmm. A few other maxims and idioms along the way. Another one mm-hmm. being ignorance is the parent of fear. It's better to know, better to go towards the, the risky things that mm-hmm. we're mm-hmm. reticent to know about or learn about. So that you have a fully formed opinion about, a more well-informed opinion than just ignoring it and condemning it early on and remaining frightened yeah that's again melville 1851 moby dick exactly with gregory peck that too <laughs> saw it as a little kid was Loved. always blown away by Did it you just do gregory peck gregory peck i've kissed bigger lips than yours <laughs> i'm gregory peck i'm henry fonda i can do these guys but no one knows what they talk like 
Yeah, I know a lot about a GAF projector. Now, you're a Polaroid GAF. GAF. Anyway, I just do the voices. But, you know, those rich little voices, those old movie stars. I love rich the little. only one you could do now is Jimmy Stewart because of It's a Wonderful Life. Kid came up to me, hey, you did the It's a Wonderful Life guy. But the rest, oh, are, the rest all are fading gone. out. They don't know who they are. They have no, no frame of okay. reference. No, it's okay. Our first don't. movie stars. I still do Nixon in my act. It seems to. Do you? <laughs> can, we, still... can we get a taste? <laughs> no, <laughs> Max is stupid. Isn't that, isn't that the standard? <laughs> That's it. No, that, that, Nixon was a good go-to. Alderman and Dean, they were the ones <laughs> that led me down that path. Well, good luck to you. I think anything that happens from now on is all gravy. So, so it's Brendan, been great. Um, great talking to you. Could I, I'll give you one little thing, and yeah, I'll do it as Hans thing. and Franz. <laughs> Fee, five, four, fum. Oh, boy. I smell an Oscar nomination. Oh, God. <laughs> Sorry, he's laughing. <laughs> <laughs> we have never since you were about just, it. Just in memory of my late mother, who loved the church lady because oh, she, she was oh, church. Really? She was church oh, lady. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> well, well, well. We're up there getting our awards, aren't we? We think we're a little bit superior to a little man I like to call Jesus. <laughs> we like ourselves, don't we? We're having a good old time at the party circuit where alcohol is served and the sluts there are plenty. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know where she came from, but that's that's I'm I'm flattered that your mom got some joy <laughs> out nice. of that character, Absolutely. and my mother-in-law was. Irish Catholic loves it as they well. They would have got along great. <laughs> they loved it. No one took offense to it. Even in the Bible Belt, they just loved. But it's just fun to be superior. We like to talk on our little microphone, don't we, David? Yeah. We've got a podcast. We feel superior. I don't know where it's an idiotic character. But um, Brendan Fraser um, exudes like ability. I'm so happy that he's laughing yeah. right now because it's been mm -hmm. – and he got me – David, David sobbed a little bit. We laughed. But so anyway. I saw the whole thing, you jackass. The whale? <laughs> well, just everything here when we no, started I, thinking I, about that last moment in the film, it yeah. still gets me. That, I don't that want to talk like, about that because it's part of the movie, but I, just I, want, I was gotten all across the board. I kept stopping because I was like, oh my God, this is catching me off guard. Over yeah. And over. So what what can we, how but can we sum way. up? We just, we appreciate you. I mean, the whole yeah. world is, as you know, just loves you. Like, everyone's happy to see you. It's and not always the really case. nice, and I know that it is. you've been through everything, and it's it just seems well. That's show business, and then there's yes. life, and it's it's hard to, you know, kind of puff yourself up at this point and go, "Hey, damn right," you know. Mm, I will never guy. let that. And it's never going to happen. But at least my, I would just hope, just enjoy it yeah. as much. You as got you got a can. little run going. I, just I agree. Thank you. Know, you. Thank as you. much as you can. I appreciate. Write it out you know. a lot. If people will say nice things to me sometimes, and I go, oh, "Okay, mm -hmm. you're blowing up, Dane." Mm -hmm. That's my sister. You're blowing up again. <laughs> really? <laughs> I don't think so. But, so I know, but for you, uh, your training and what you've sh shared with us about your, you know, quoting Melville and what you're doing, you know, I mean, that's the true path. Like what's, you know, what he's doing. what's the, the work, you know, in the end of the day, yeah, you did this brilliant piece of acting oh, in this film. That's Thank all you. we that's have. Thank you. Look, I summed it up. Thank you. All right. And what... I have a business manager to introduce to you. No, <laughs> <laughs> you have any advice? 
No, he's doing good so far. Yeah. So anyway, well, good luck uh, in these next few weeks going through the circuit. And, you know, we only wish you the best. And we also really want to thank you for coming on our podcast. It's my absolute pleasure. No, it's uh, it's, it's very, very flattering. You got got to talk toward the end. I thought that was a big deal. (laughs) We tried to interrupt. I said to David before, let's let's cut him off 50% of the time. We We don't have have to coach us on that. No, we hope you. Is there anything else you feel you want to say to the world? Just thank you. Because we have a really big following. Thank you very, very much. All right. No. And a, do enjoy pleasure. Fly on the Wall with Dana Carvey and David Spade. Brendan Fraser, thank you. Hey, what's up, flies? What's up, fleas? What's up, people that listen? <laughs> we want to hear from you and your dumb questions. Questions, ask us anything. Anything you want. You can email us at flyonthewall at cadence13.com. Okay, here's an AMA, guys. Dana, get prepped. First of all, pick a sunglass, David. I'm going to let you pick for this segment. <laughs> I don't mind the little. No, I like those better. Oh, God. Okay. Twins. Love the podcast. The recent Farley tribute was great. Sent me on a YouTube deep dive of Farley's time in SNL. What a legend. Question for David. You mentioned a movie you and Chris pitched. Were pitched shortly before he passed called The Tree. Do you remember specifics? Yes. His name is Lance Witchy. Pronounced like Witchy Woman. So he says, okay, mm-hmm. The Tree, Dana, was um, a movie. It was pretty typical of Spade Farley formula. Um, I like this. Uh, it was, I was a stiff DC political guy climbing up like an assistant, whatever, low man on the totem pole. I'm getting married. It's a week for my wedding, week before Christmas or whatever. After Thanksgiving, they uh, say, they want a tree to be delivered to, uh, you know, across the country. Mm-hmm. I order it. There's a big screw up. It's my fault. I hear from the president himself. You go get the tree and bring it back. Make sure it gets here. So I have to fly across the country. I have to get back for my wedding. And Farley is the lumberjack that's in charge of the tree. And he wants to make 18 stops on the way there. And I don't want to. So we fight along the way. And it's sort of mm-hmm. a good device. Kind of like train, trains, yeah. planes, and automobile, like two misfits yep. on a journey. Mm-hmm. Is that script still around? It might be. I thought we're later, two misfits that yeah. go on a journey. Yeah. <laughs> we well, I'm, all, all, I'm up for journeys. <laughs> and uh, Melissa McCarthy, I thought might be funny at one time for mm-hmm. that. But it just sort of went away. We both had read it. We had done, you know, we'd just done two. So we thought, let's give it a breather. But at the end, we were like, you know, the tree was pretty funny. We could probably shape that or get somebody on that. So anyway, it didn't work out. Uh, hmm. But uh, that was kind of what it was. I never asked you this, but what was the difference, you think, in terms of uh, like Black Sheep versus Tommy Boy? <laughs> <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> oh. I mean, it, did you sense that maybe Black Sheep wasn't, because Wayne's World 2 didn't do as good as Wayne's World 1, but. Well, this, the problem there was Tommy Boy, the quick stories, uh, which we're not good at quick stories, but it it, um, it yeah. sort of fell into place. Pete Siegel's director, Fred Wolf was on the set. Mm-hmm. We're just adding jokes. We're just all screwing around. So no, yeah, no it was light and easy and then yeah. the pressure in the second one. Second yep. one, we got your director um, from Wayne's World. Penelope, yeah. she's good. And she didn't want me in Black Sheep. So. And she's admitted this. She said I wasn't good and she didn't <laughs> like me in Tommy Boy. And she said she just wanted to do a movie with Chris so she would do this movie. Oh, well, when the, yeah. And that's when it's, and she took 40 pages out of the script that Fred wrote and we all chipped in on. So 
we were more separated in the movie and it wasn't as fun back and forth. I still like Black yeah. Sheep, but uh, I'm not here to hammer her down. I'm, I'm just saying. No, I'm sure that she That's what it turned into. It. I didn't mean to bring up something negative. No, I would just say that I think budgets, I better go. budgets are also, David, if I could for a moment. Yeah. Budgets are also can be the enemy of comedy. Like, So the first mm -hmm. movie they threw Mike and I as Wayne and Garth on the hood of the car. Mm -hmm. And we're going, do you ever be attracted to Bugs Bunny or whatever? And it was like took 20 minutes. Yeah. Do you ever? Yeah, wasn't um, overthought. If she she's a babe. Uh, if she were present, she'd be Abraham Lincoln. So it was just one take, go away. Second movie it was like a three day shoot, multiple cameras. We're on that yeah. car for hours. CGI <laughs> sucking and squeezing the life out of it. So anyway, That's no one's happened. fault, and a lot just, of more pressure, a lot of more cooks in the more kitchen. More pressure. Saying, yeah, but uh, we think this way could be great. funny. This yeah, overthought, over tested, um, mm -hmm. and so. I still liked a lot of Black Sheep, and Chris was definitely funny in it, but and there's some funny parts. Um, Penelope did add one thing I have to give her where we were in bunk beds, and when <laughs> she said, I'm going to do this thing where he falls on you, and I go, we didn't shoot that. And he, she goes, I did it with a camera trick. And when I saw it, I was like, there's no fucking way I would even know that was a, a camera trick. It looks so real. And so oh, reverse. I will give her that. That was very funny mm -hmm. and um, yeah. a great additional joke, uh, right. which is what you're killing for in those movies. Just get a house laugh. So uh, that's it, and um, thank you for asking. This has been a podcast presentation of Cadence 13. Please listen, then rate, review, and follow all episodes. Available now for free wherever you get your podcast. No joke, folks. Fly on the Wall has been a presentation of Cadence 13, executive produced by Dana Carvey and David Spade, Chris Corcoran of Cadence 13, and Charlie Finan of Brillstein Entertainment. The show's lead producer is Greg Holtzman with production and engineering support from Serena Regan and Chris Basil of Cadence 13. 